Welcome to the Law Firm Growth Podcast, where we share the latest tips, tactics, and strategies for scaling your practice from the top experts in the world of growing law firms. Are you ready to take your practice to the next level? Let's get started. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Law Firm Growth Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Jan Roos, and I'm here today with Sam Malai. So we are really excited to have Sam on the show today. We've got a very interesting story. So uh, he's the founder of the Malai Law Firm, as well as Legal Funnels. I'll let him kind of give a little bit more detail about that, but some really like groundbreaking stuff. He's the actual first member of the Two Commas Club in ClickFunnels. Might be a little bit more familiar to some of us uh, with more of a marketing spend, but we'll kind of go into what that means in a little bit. So Thanks for coming on the show, Sam. Thank you so much, Jan. Hey guys, my name is Sam Malai. I'm a business lawyer, but really what well, my passion and what I really do is pretty much generating clients online for lawyers. I first started off in employment law until I read a very interesting book called The 4-Hour Workweek by Tim Ferriss, where I got exposed to a couple of key principles like automation, scalable, running a virtual online business. And I loved those principles so much that I decided to basically go on my own and kind of create my own path. In the first year, I had a lot of time on my hands. So I had a lot of time to learn. I got exposed to ClickFunnels and the whole concept of creating funnels to generate clients online. I was blessed enough to have something to apply to. So I created a website and started applying everything that I was learning about funnels and lead generation to generate legal clients for myself. Fast forward four years after that, pretty much I've been able to generate more than 3,000 clients. And more importantly, I've also been able to gather more than 1,000 Google reviews, which I'm sure we'll get into. It's been a blessing. I feel like I've got the most practical experience of any lawyer, I would say, of figuring out exactly what it takes to be able to generate clients online and running a virtual online law firm without needing to meet clients in person or being tied to any physical location or time. So we'll talk about that. All right. Awesome, man. That's a, that's a really good start. So um, just to kind of start things off, you know, we've got some various levels of sophistication with the marketing terminology. People throw the term funnel out along, but in your words, how would you define what a funnel is and, and why lawyers should care about what this is? Funnel is a way to, for you to capture those people that have a very specific problem and you're trying to lead them down a path for them to choose your service basically for them to be able to work with you. So it's, it's just, a, it's a system that basically forces that prospect and to increase the chance of that prospect choosing you to solve that specific problem that they have. Okay. Gotcha. So, yeah, I mean, this could be anything. I mean, I'm sure like even the, the lowest sophisticated person, like, you know, a funnel, if you wanted to look at things in the seventies could be, Hey, who you're asking your friends, how can I find a lawyer? You happen to be the guy that they talked to or at the coffee 10 minutes ago. And then all of a sudden they go, Hey, you know, this is the person and their, their education sequences, you know, whatever sales pitch they can cook up for you. So, but yeah, I mean, this can obviously get pretty complex. As I'm sure we'll get into a little bit later, Sam, but a couple quick questions too, because I know we kind of went into the success, you know, prior to finding this whole kind of world of online marketing. Can you kind of paint a picture of what it was like trying to start the firm before you, you did this? Yeah. So, I mean, at the time you just created a website, but creating a website is, doesn't do anything. It's just, it's like buying a gas station and you just park it in the middle of the desert until you build some roads and you build a system around that gas station. It's not going to get any business or anything coming to it. So the website just by itself doesn't anything at all. And a lot of lawyers, they, the first thing they do is they go build a website, but Honestly, if you don't have a plan in place for you to do something with the website, there's really no use for it. So that's what it was. It was just like, make the website and now figure out, okay, how do you get people to this website? That's the first problem I think that, that you get to. 
once you figure out, okay, now you know how to go get those visitors. Now the second part is how do you convince those people who got on your website for them to do whatever you want them to do, which is most of the time for lawyers is to contact you. And that's where the really the funnel system comes into play is how do you do that convincing and how do you do the best job that you can to get them to come and contact you? Okay, gotcha. Yeah, I'm sure everyone can relate to the times where it's like, you know, everyone, this is a common thing too. I don't know if this happened to you, Sam, but like, uh, you know, sometimes they'll have, you'll either invest a ton of time building a website yourself or a ton of money and having some new website, you, you push it live, you go, okay, wow, I can't wait for, you know, you're waving your fingers over the phone <laughs> for things to blow up and it doesn't. So that's, you know, why it becomes important to do this kind of stuff. And then, yeah, basically, you know, taking the stuff, and again, we're, we're kind of jumping around the timeline, but, you know, if, if we want to compare that to stuff today. So I guess the first question is, you know, you got the big category of business law. But one of the things you mentioned earlier was specific solutions to a specific problem. So, you know, within the, the bigger umbrella of business law, what's sort of the, the, the ideal prospect that you're focusing on, Sam? And then we'll get into, you know, so how, how you're getting in front of them after that. People find you not because of who you are. People find you because of the specific problems that people are having. And I had this realization when I started off, I looked at my pretty much like six months of data, my first six months of clients. And I realized that people were hiring me because of very specific problems that they were having. So those certain things that people were searching for was not, they weren't looking for a business lawyer or personal injury lawyer, I just said to find me. So it was around those specific problems that people were having. Let's just say my particular situation was how to get EIN numbers for non-US citizens. I realized that that was a big problem that people were having at the time, about three, four years ago. So, you know, I went and I started producing content related to that specific problem. Instead of writing a lot of topics about business lawyer, should you hire a business lawyer, all this stuff, I kind of avoided that. And I really just concentrated on those specific problems. Okay. So that's super cool. Like, so we've kind of identified sort of a, a sub niche within a niche. So now you, you kind of mentioned search. So for the most part, was this kind of coming from like an SEO? Was it AdWords traffic? How are people coming on the site? And what happened after they got there? Yeah. So the story was actually, so somebody emailed me and said, Hey, I need this EIN number. I don't know what it was, how to get it. So I basically searched for it. There weren't that much content out about this specific problem. And I just found one lawyer, one other article who talked about how to get this done. So I used that article, figured it out. I did it for my clients. And after I figured it out, I decided to go write the same article just write it better. Just write it a lot more organized, be a little bit more comprehensive. And I put it up so yeah, my first clients did come from content marketing, SEO, but I've realized in the past couple of years that actually it's much better and a lot more effective to actually start off with Google AdWords. And the reason for, for that is, I'm sure Jan explains this all the time, is that you get immediate results, you get immediate data back when you do Google Ads. So you first experiment with that, you use that to drive some traffic to your offer or whatever problem you're solving. And see how, how people react to it. And once you get some good data back, then you go back and do some SEO and content marketing and things around that to kind of expand on your efforts. Okay, awesome. I think we're definitely speaking the same language on that. And uh, yeah, you hit that. Uh, I, do, I do drone on upon that rather endlessly. You know, better to find out results in a week rather than, you know, six months plus a week when uh, it takes you to, to rank this stuff. But okay, that's super cool. And then, you know, once you got people on your site, you know, I've seen a couple different ways that people approach this, you know, probably the most straightforward is kind of, you know, going for the jugular, hey, you know, call now for a consultation. Now, is that what you ended up doing? Are you doing any sort of intermediate steps? Are you using content and sort of like, I don't know, a PDF download or anything like that to collect a lead? What kind of happens past the point of getting them on your, on your site? So it really, really, really depends on the niche. Exactly. So you won't know. I mean, I'll give you guys some clues right now to help you guys figure it out. It depends on the urgency of the matter. If it's a very urgent matter, let's just say for criminal defense, 
family law, uh, employment law, specific things like that, where, you know, if they're hitting you up, they need you right away. Then the main call to action should be a phone call. And that's a primary call to action. And then a backup primary action is contact form submissions. If, however, you have something that's a little bit less urgent, let's just say like state planning, business services, things like that, then usually the sell cycle is a little bit longer. Um, For mine, I've done the research and I've looked into my numbers. For mine, it's four weeks from when they opt into when they actually pay up for the service. Usually takes on average one month. So sometimes it can be two months, three months, sometimes six months, sometimes one week, but on average one month. And for that, I usually want to capture their email address first and just their email address. And I didn't mention their first name. I'm not capturing their first name. I'm not capturing their phone number. I'm just capturing the email address. And from that, I'm trying to push them to do bookings with me. So I would say email is the primary call to action for that. And the backup, or I would say it's supplementary call to action behind that is a booking. Okay, that's awesome. And now this is kind of something that's been, uh, you know, pretty near and dear to to a lot of client appointments we've done recently. So um, here's kind of the paradox. So if we've got somebody who's going to take four weeks to close, and you know, let's assume that you're doing a killer job, and you're, you're getting, you know, 25, 50, 100 leads coming in your law firm. Now you got, you know, 100 people every week that you got to do follow us with for another four weeks. So, you know, the, the load kind of telescopes, and I feel like this is where a lot of efforts end up falling flat. So what kind of solution did you come up with this? And like, how have you been following this up for yourself with the clients? So about, it was about three years ago, I realized that like, yes, yeah, as you explained, Jan, I started getting uh, leads coming in, but after two days, how are you going to follow up with them? So I literally, for the first six months, I would literally go back and email every single one of them, like, hey, hey, what's going on? And just follow up with them. Until I found out about a tool called Mixmax. There's a couple of different tools that do this exact thing, but I've been using Mixmax the last three, four years, and I've been really happy. What Mixmax is, it's a plugin inside of Gmail that allows you to do follow-ups right instead of the email. So in Mixmax, you either have templates or sequences. What templates are, are just pretty much saved text. So let's just say if you're answering somebody's question, if I'm going to be saying anything more than once, I usually save it as a template. And then, so that's templates. And the second part is sequences, which is templates plus follow-up emails series. So that anytime I need any kind of response, let's say if somebody's interested in one of my services or even in operation-wise, if I need something signed or something like that, where I need them to actually do it, I attach a sequence, email sequence to that email so that if, if that email is not respond back to it, let's just say in one or two days, then automatically it will send a very short email that basically follows up with them. And using Mixmax, I have an, on average about a 95% reply rate, which is nuts, right? That's, that sounds crazy. Yeah, right? that's insane. <laughs> no, it's really true. Like literally 95% using Mixmax. It's very important. I mean, I learned a couple of things that I could share with you guys. I mean, usually the sequences should be five or six emails. Usually after five or six, if they're not sending back, you know, you should not be bothering people. The frequency is usually their second email should be sent one or two days after. After that, I would say within two, every two days, I think it's fine. People don't get bothered by that. So it's usually better to send more emails than not. So yeah, don't be afraid to use these sequences. Yeah, that's awesome. And then, you know, that's a uh, you know, great, great number there, 95%. And, you know, the thing is, I know sometimes people, if you look at some of the stats that you'll see on these like case studies and stuff with uh, you know, a lot of these like campaigns, we see these, these MailChimp guys or whatever. Like, you know, if somebody's, if you're used to the kind of response that people were getting from, you know, hey, here's our holiday newsletter. We hired so-and-so, um, you know, check out this picture of our Christmas tree at the office. Like, you know, maybe that's not going to really be high open rate. And, you know, in some sense that that's kind of conditioning people not to open your emails. But, you know, if, if we're talking about responding 
to a need that somebody's expressed, you can't be shy about that stuff, you know. And you know, if, if you really believe that you're the best person in the area to solve that person's problem, you know, you're, you're doing both of you guys a disservice if you're not going to follow up and make sure they get it. So I guess my next question from that again, this is I'm just kind of spitballing here. I'm not sure if you got the number offhand, but you know, one of the big things that we try to hammer home with the clients is um, contact rate. So you know, that would be defined as how many people you're getting on the phone eventually or booking that appointment. Do you know offhand what that number would look like from, you know, I don't know, 100 leads that come into your firm on a, on a good month? Yeah. So let's talk about the metrics that you really want to track. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> so first, it starts off at the cost. I mean, the two big numbers that you're always looking at ultimately is cost and the revenue generated. You know, as long as those two numbers, you know, make sense, you know, by all means, you could just push the campaign. But the middle numbers, these are the middle numbers that I really look at. So first is cost. And then there are AdWords metrics, which obviously you want to track, let's say clicks, cost per click, cost per acquisition, things like that. But beyond that, you have, um, you basically have leads, which is basically how many emails you have captured. That depends on your conversion rate on your landing page. Mine is sitting at around the 40% conversion rate on the landing page. That percentage is very niche specific. So just because mine is 40% doesn't mean your 20% or your 10% isn't good. But I think a good rate is anywhere between, I would say, 10 to 40%. And you should, if anything less than that, then your landing page is off. Beyond that, you're gonna, the next metric that you're looking at is bookings. So how many bookings you get from those people who give you their email address. And I haven't calculated exactly. I do know how many bookings I get, but I, I just, just realized that I haven't calculated exactly what percentage of those leads that I get bookings from. But I do have some metrics about bookings. Uh, typically, bookings is anywhere between 50 to 60% show up rates. So about half of people who do bookings with you for general services, things like that. That's the expected show up rate. And then the typical closing rate, typically you want to be between 20 and 30%. So again, if you have 10 bookings, five people usually show up. And from those five people who show up, usually you want one or two people of those people who sign up for, their, for your service. Or, you know, if you're doing a good job over the phone, obviously you could be increasing on those rates, but those are numbers I'm really looking at. Yeah, that's interesting. And then also want to bring in some context. Now, this is stuff that you're doing entirely from, you know, the comfort of your own office, right? Like you're not actually having clients in to get those numbers, right? Yeah. And that was a really a conscious, proactive decision that I made up front when I started this entire thing was that I want to create a virtual law model where I could basically work from my laptop, wherever my laptop is. That's my office. At this point, I do have two offices, but I still work from home. But yeah, that's the beauty of it. It really depends on your lifestyle and how you like it. But yes, this entire kind of funnels could be completely run from the comfort of your home, from your laptop. It's all possible. It's just about what kind of business model you're going to be creating for yourself. Yeah, that's super cool. And it's, it's kind of interesting too. Like, you know, sometimes this is a thing that I, we started asking because, you know, just a, a little bit of context, we ended up, I mean, we've, we've been doing AdWords lead generation for quite some time. And we started asking a lot about close rate probably two, three years ago, just because we saw the difference between our successful clients and our less successful clients, let's just say. So we always used to ask this question, hey, look, you know, out of 10 leads you get on the internet, how many of these are closing for you? And we had people that would say 80%. And I was like, really? Uh, <laughs> the thing is that a lot of the times, this is something I think is kind of like, it's one of those, you know, top of the iceberg, bottom of the iceberg type things. Because a lot of attorneys, you know, if, all right, let's say that you have an extremely high urgency practice. So, you know, I don't know, let's call it, you know, divorce law, right? And that person's going to drive across town to sit in your office. 
you know, it doesn't matter whether that person came from the internet, whether they came from, you know, referral, they're, they're probably going to close. But the thing is that they didn't really see the, you know, the higher level metrics that the fact that, you know, their office didn't follow up with 12 of the people that, you know, you don't know how many appointments didn't get booked. And I kind of see a lot of this stuff end up getting qualified in this, um, this thing of people will, they throw the term bad leads around. You know, when we kind of looked into it, the, the biggest reason that we saw people saying things were bad leads was the prospect didn't call me back. <laughs> it was, it's funny because, you know, it's not taking really the onus, the responsibility on. So, I mean, I guess once you get through this, like, you know, we have people that have, have showed intent at some point, they booked an appointment with you, you know, even we're getting 30%, which is great. What would you say is the reason for the remaining 60%? Do you do any sort of follow-ups with people down the line? Like how much of it is a not a right time thing? How much of it is just generally not qualified? Like where do people fall off and how can you identify that versus mm-hmm. just what people think are bad leads. Yeah, so it really starts off with making sure that you're tracking these numbers. So that's crucial. If you're not, which I'm sure Leon preaches all the time, you're going to be leaving a lot of money on the table. So make sure you're tracking these numbers. Besides that, once you track the numbers, then you could see, you could just compare week after week exactly how those trends are going. And you'll be able to troubleshoot what's the problem. So between each of those metrics, there is something in there. There is something that connects those two. So let's just say when it came to, when it comes to your conversion rate and your landing page, so you know you kind of see whether that's going well for you. If you see that it's like below average, then you know there's something about your landing page that you got to fix. And then each one of those steps is like its own methods, ways of increasing it. So let's just say when it comes to your Google Google AdWords, obviously you're going to be optimizing your Google AdWords, your landing page, making sure that. It's optimized, that it's very simple, straightforward, getting rid of distractions. When it comes to getting bookings, make sure that they have enough of a reason to actually show up. So give them enough of a reason, whatever that is. After that, it's the sales call conversions, basically how, so improving your sales calls. So each of those, like basically, as long as you have it tracked down, uh, then you'll be able to troubleshoot and be able to fix those issues. Okay, awesome. Yeah, that's super helpful. I mean, basically, you know, you're, you're kind of flying blind without this stuff. So, you know, Square one is going to be just getting your numbers and kind of seeing where these things are going. All right. Awesome. So switching gears a little bit. I know we've talked about Google AdWords and search traffic, but have you experimented with other sources of leads or traffic and what kind of stuff have you worked with? Yeah. So foremost, I do recommend Google ads the most. It's just, it's just, it works. First of all, it works. So there's no way that doesn't work. As long as the person who has built it and is doing it correctly is doing a good job, it works. For most lawyers, I would just recommend that and that's it. Beyond that, if you can add retargeting to your campaigns where you're retargeting on Facebook, I've noticed a nice little boost from that. I would say anywhere from 25 to 40% boost in sales just from retargeting. That works really well. When it comes to traffic in the front end, again, if once you have something that's working in Google ads and you know that it's going great for you, then you, you could possibly supplement it with SEO and content marketing. But if you're going to do SEO and content marketing, just make sure you're doing it over of time. Don't do it if you're going to be doing a less than a year or two. So just have that in mind. Another very good traffic source for lawyers is Quora. Um, Quora is the biggest question and answer website online. It's how I was able to get my first couple of clients. I'm sure it's a lot bigger website than what I did four years ago. So it's a great opportunity there. I would not spend too much time on Avo. Honestly, I would not spend too much time on Yelp. But really, Google. Google is king and Google AdWords is the king of all that. Okay, that's awesome. And, you know, really good tip on Quora. That's not one I've heard very often. You know, is there any sort of, have you ventured into other kind of social networks in terms of traffic? I mean, besides the retargeting, have you ever looked into cold traffic advertising on Facebook? No, I would not suggest cold traffic unless if you know what you're doing. There are ways, I'm sure Andy Stick will talk about how to make that work. 
that particular way it does work. But generally, just going from cold traffic to a Facebook ad or something like that does not work. So I would not suggest that. But if you're going to do Facebook, just make sure you, your first campaign on Facebook should be a retargeting campaign. That's at foremost. If you're not, at the very least, just do that before you do anything else with Facebook. Same thing with Instagram ads. If you're doing it, again, you're going to be creating retargeting Instagram ads, targeting your own website visitors. So that should be your first campaign at foremost. I do see a huge value to doing YouTube. YouTube right now and the last couple of years is the same kind of opportunity that SEO was 10 years ago. I'm sure Jan will agree, right? Right. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> and the thing about YouTube that a lot of people don't discuss is that the leads are a lot more valuable than any leads that come from anywhere else. And the reason is those leads that come from YouTube have been nurtured so much from seeing you on video that by the time they talk to you, they know you, they trust you so much more. So even if you get a video with 50 views, those are 50 actual people who have sat there and watched you and watched you talk. And so even a video with 50 views is, should not be taken lightly. Like that's really valuable. 50 real people. So even if there's a, you have a 5% conversion rate on that, you're pretty much converting two or three of those clients just from 50 views. So YouTube is great. It does have a little bit more steep learning curve, but that's a good thing because if it has a steep learning curve, that means a lot of people are not doing it. So if you just do it, you know, you'll be able to stand out. So yeah, I would say YouTube, YouTube organic videos. Yeah, that's awesome. And um, I know we've kind of talked about a lot of different ones. Like I don't want anyone to get too overwhelmed out there. I mean, it's definitely a step-by-step process to doing this, but also like, you know, really importantly, a lot of the stuff that Sam was talking about earlier in the podcast, as far as the follow-up, making sure people show up, keeping your metrics, you know, it really doesn't matter if you're using YouTube or AdWords or, you know, paying somebody to spin a sign in front of your law firm. <laughs> if you got ways to follow up with these people, you know, that's kind of something that applies to everything. So um, I'd be remiss if I didn't take the bait on the whole thing about the thousand reviews that you've had, Sam. So do you mind talking about that a little bit? Yeah. So interesting story about that that I have to share. About four years ago or three years ago, I got a one-star review out of nowhere. I didn't know who it was. I'd, it wasn't one of my clients. It wasn't one of my prospects. And to this day, I still don't know who it was. But I'm like, what am I going to do? So the best solution I came up with is, I'm like, I guess I'll start collecting reviews on Google. So I started putting into motion. There was something that I learned from Neil Patel about how to get links, how to ask for links, for, for link building, for SEO. And his, pretty much his technique was a certain way of asking for, to get links. And I applied that technique to getting reviews. And this is the actual technique that I use. I'll be happy to share this with your audience. So I've been able to pretty much use the exact that I'm about to share for the past three years and now have more than 1,134 reviews right now. And by the time you probably hear this and go check me out, it's probably going to be more. And this is the exact technique. So it's, there's two parts. One is the script and one, the second part is using MixMax with it. And I'll explain what I mean by that. So the first, the script. So here's the actual script and feel free to copy this if you guys like. It works really well. I haven't changed it in three years and that's the reason why I have so many reviews. So just feel free to use it. So here it is. First name, I'd like to ask you for a favor. Would you please mind taking a few moments to write a review for me? Your comments will help others know what to expect when they're looking for the service I offer. And here's the call to action. May I please send you a link to leave a review if that's okay with you? So what did I do just differently from everybody else? Instead of sending people links and be like, hey, can you leave me a review? Here's the link. Don't do that. That's what people do. And that's the reason it doesn't work. Why most people don't get reviews. Instead, you should ask them a very simple question that would you mind if I send you a link, would you leave a review? And you get them to basically micro commit 
and say yes to that first before you send them the link to leave a review. And then That's once super it's interesting. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Sorry, I interrupted. Yeah. <laughs> right? So you could actually apply this to a lot of different things. You can even incorporate this into your sales process. Like get them to say, yes, are you interested in this? And so instead of like whatever that is, instead of let's say you want to do a Calendly booking, don't give them the Calendly booking and say, hey, you want to book a time with me? Book it here. Instead, be like, are you interested in talking to me? Let's get them to say yes. They're like, okay, great. Here's the link to go talk to me. So do this for reviews. And then, yeah, so once they say yes, basically you just send them a link. Be like, uh, thank you so much. Here's the link. It's really effective. I think I have about a 30 to 35% conversion rate on that reply, like conversion rate on getting reviews. It works really well. There aren't that many lawyers that are, that are applying this. And anybody that I've shared this technique with personally in the past six months has got back to me and they're like, that was them. And like, wow, Sam, like it works. Like the past 30 days, I got this many reviews. So it does work. Just go apply it. Yeah, that's fantastic. And, you know, just a little tiny tactical question. I have heard of people doing stuff like offering, I don't know, an Amazon gift card or buy a coffee on Starbucks or whatever. Do you do any sort of incentivizing on these reviews or is this just, you know, natural getting people in the right place and asking the right question? I do not. You have to check with your state laws to see exactly what those, you know, what you could do about that. I do not. Honestly, if you do a good enough job and you do it correctly and you ask correctly, people will leave your review. You don't need to give them a reason to do it. Okay. That's fantastic. Yeah. And the thing too, just to kind of provide a little bit of context, you know, I'm, I'm, don't make any allusions to being the best SEO person in the world, but everyone knows that that's a big factor in where you're going to be showing up locally. And, you know, honestly, look at the 800 pound gorilla in your space. You know, when we've kind of just done a little bit of hunting on behalf of clients, you know, it's really hard to find somebody that has more than a hundred reviews, even, you know, the big guys like you know, Chulino and Barnes, Morgan and Morgan, you know, we're probably talking about low hundreds, you know, and applying this for yourself and, you know, being consistent with it like Sam has, you know, you could be at least, you know, appear on the, on the Google Maps results to be as big as the guys. And, you know, that's, that's what consumers really like paying attention to these days. All right. Awesome, Sam. So that's a super helpful quote. You know, everyone, I really recommend if you're driving, you know, don't hit the emergency brake, but <laughs> make a note of the timestamp here so you can write that down and get that going at some point when you get home. Just kind of a, a last closing thing. So um, do you mind telling us a little bit about legal funnels and, and what you might be doing for, for some attorneys if they might want to reach out to you and work with you? Sure. So I feel like the last four or five years has been kind of experimenting, spending a lot of money on ads, doing different things, just running a lot of different experiments. One of the key principles that I really follow very strongly is the 80-20 Pareto principle is really finding those top specific ways on doing lead generation and getting clients or getting results and really avoiding the rest. So that's a big part of everything that I do. And I think creating a funnel and a system is really the 80-20 of lead generation for lawyers online. And it's in, it's in four parts. One is, I would say, Google Ads at the forefront as your traffic source. Number two is landing page, a very optimized and focused landing page. A third is an email series, emails, videos, content that you send to your leads to nurture them to contact you or to buy your service. And fourth is retargeting. Really, that's the 80-20 of lead generation for lawyers online. Those four parts. Again, Google ads, landing page, content, retargeting. And if you do that, pretty much that's the best way to get clients online. And I've basically been able to take those essential parts and kind of create a legal funnel system where basically this is what it takes. So this is what I do now. I have a different, I have about five or six funnels for my, my own business services. And I also started doing the same thing for lawyers and to be able to uh, pretty much put, put these funnels together to do the lead generation for very specific niches. All right. Awesome. And then, yeah, if, if anyone's listening, what sort of niches are you open to working with at this point in time? At this point, I'm really focusing on car accidents and employment law. 
obviously car accidents is it's very competitive, but I still see huge opportunities there based on everything that I just explained. And employment law, it was something that I have experience in. It's something that I understand. And I also see a big kind of blue ocean with employment law. So if you're one of those two types of lawyers, that's the field I'm in right now, focusing on that. And over time, I'll be expanding on those niches beyond that. Okay, awesome. And then, you know, if, if somebody uh, fits the bill for that, where's the best place that they can find you and get started? Yeah, so you could just email me at sam at legalfunnel.com. Or you could just Google my name, Sam Malai. If you just Google it, you'll be able to see my website. You'll be able to see my reviews. You'll be able to see exactly pretty much what I do. If you are interested in these topics, running a virtual law firm, be able to generate clients online, creating these legal funnels, having you know having that system in place, be able to generate uh, clients online, feel free to reach out to me. I do get mentored. I really believe in mentorship. So I get mentored. And at the same time, I'm very open to mentoring other lawyers, other entrepreneurs. I probably have a couple dozen people that I'm mentoring right now. Just helping, everybody's pretty much helping each other grow and it's great. And I don't see the world as a zero-sum game. You know, I'm not afraid to share my secrets or share whatever I'm doing with other people. So I strongly believe that the more value that we add to this world, the more it comes back to you. So I'm all about that. Awesome, man. And that's a super generous offer. If anyone's, you know, thinking, hey, this is what my firm's been missing, you know, be sure to reach out to Sam with that. So um, yeah, Sam, I think that is about, I know my brain's fried for a little bit. I can only imagine for uh, the people that are listening, but a ton of super valuable nuggets in this. Thanks again for taking the time to go on the show. Thank you so much, John. It was a pleasure. All right. Awesome, guys. And then, um, you know, we'll be back next week with the Law Firm Growth Podcast. Thank you for listening to the Law Firm Growth Podcast. For show notes, free resources, and more, head on over to casefuel.com slash podcast. Looking forward to catching up on the next episode. 